All right, it's time for another episode of Stone Droids Podcast. I'm Zoner, and I am all alone again. Colin has been traveling. I am currently traveling. I'm sitting in a hotel room in Memphis, which is a little ways from Dallas. It's a long ways from Salt Lake City. But I am here for work, so I figured, you know what? We got to get stuff done. Let's get stuff done. I am trying to be effective. But I got to tell you, I just got out of Joker a little bit ago. I've been waiting to see it. I knew I'd have time while I was on this business trip. And it left me with some questions. Spoiler warning applies here. Kind of. I'm not really going to give anything away. But the movie left me with some questions. My first question is, is that the actual Joker? Is Arthur Fleck the real Joker or did he simply inspire the real Joker? It's a legitimate question, I think. There was a lot of people wearing a lot of clown masks. There was a lot of people that kind of lifted him up as some sort of messiah there in Gotham. Which leads me to my next question. How much of that was actually real? We know that certain parts of the movie take place only in his head. As you watch the movie, you can see that. And it becomes very evident that, okay, this was just in his head. Which I thought was a little bit fun how they did that. Showing off the whole mental illness aspect of it. But the ending of the movie leads me to wonder how much of the actual movie actually took place. Or was it all just in his head? I don't know. It was still fun, though. I enjoyed it. But Joker, I thought, was really good. If you want to share your thoughts on it, if you've seen it, if you have theories regarding, you know, some of those questions that I that I posed, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter, at Stolen Droids. Send me feedback. Send us feedback. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Uh, whatever the case may be, you know, send us your thoughts, because I want to know what you think. But speaking of Joker, Joker has dethroned Deadpool as the highest grossing R-rated movie of all time. Now, when we first talked about Joker coming out, and it feels like we've talked about Joker a lot. It's been in the it's been in the news a lot just because of the fact that it's been doing so successfully. It's been it's been so successful that it just is there. But, you know, it's it's just it, it reminds me kind of of the kind of of the Sony hack a few years ago where it was just constantly making headlines. And so we constantly talked about it. And so that's I mean, that's what we're doing here. And granted, we've we've glossed over a lot of the stories regarding Joker or we've completely ignored them. But it's interesting to note the box office take. You know, it's the first R-rated movie to cross the $800 million mark. Deadpool made $783.1 million. And this movie was not released in China. And so that right there says a lot. This is a, this is a very big, very big deal. I think that it's going to it's going to end up as one of the with one of the top two or three films of the year i don't think that it's going to surpass uh infinity war in terms of total box office numbers i think that star wars 
episode nine will probably also beat it in terms of box office numbers just because of the fact that, you know, it's Avengers Infinity War and Star Wars. Those films are franchise conclusions that everybody and their dog had to go see. But congratulations to the team that that made Joker. Joaquin Phoenix and Todd Phillips, the director, and Warner Brothers. It looks like you did something right, Warner Brothers. Good job for you. But yeah, this is a this is a very big deal. I'm wondering now, considering the success of this, if we will see more of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Are we going to see a sequel at some point? Are we going to see him pop up in other DC movies? Because remember, this was originally slated to be a standalone film. It was not going to be sort of that franchise builder. But when you make $800 million, studios start reevaluating things. When you also consider the profit margin on this, the budget on Joker was very small compared to some of the other films that are out there. They did not expect this to be as successful as it was, or is, I should say. And so it's really kind of cool that it's doing so well. I thought Joaquin Phoenix did a good job as Joker. And I would much rather see him in the role showing up in other DC movies than Jared Leto. Because, well, we've talked about Jared Leto. He's terrible. He's the worst of all the Jokers. The worst. But yeah, that's kind of cool. You know, congratulations, Joker people. Congratulations, Warner Brothers. You've got a bona fide hit on your hands. This is awesome. Somebody who doesn't have a hit on their hands, or at least no longer has a hit on their hands, would be Freeform. That's the TV channel. They have decided to cancel Marvel's Cloak and Dagger series after just two seasons. There have been a lot of changes happening at Marvel recently, like Kevin Feige being made chief creative officer over the entire universe, and Jeff Loeb has left Marvel TV So it's really not surprising that the series got canceled. I unfortunately have not seen any of the episodes, so I have no opinion one way or the other on whether or not this should have been canceled. But if any of you are fans and have been watching it, I hope you weren't really holding your breath for a season three because it's not coming. It's just, it's done. Unfortunately, you hate to see shows go this way. But it is what it is. It it happens. And then we've got Fallout. Fallout, Fallout, Fallout. Oh my goodness. Bethesda has taken a franchise that is beloved and they have pissed all over it to the point where fans are abandoning it in droves and yet they keep doing it, which just amazes me. So Fallout 76 came out about a year ago. When it came out, Pete Hines, who is vice president of PR and marketing at Bethesda Softworks, told the official PlayStation magazine that Bethesda will be offering free content to the players of Fallout 76. 
He said, quote, there's always going to be new content, changes in game balance, whatever it takes. And by the way, it's all free after launch. All our content, there's no season pass and no paid DLCs, end quote. So fans have been expecting that that was going to be the case for a while. And then, of course, you know, we've got DLC. I haven't played the game. The launch was an absolute disaster. Everything that I've heard about the game has been relatively negative. It's just not, it's just not a good game from everything I've been told. Now, I'm, again, I'm coming at this as somebody who has not played the game. But I am a fan of the Fallout franchise. I love the Fallout franchise. New Vegas is probably one of the best video games that I've played in a very long time. And it's probably my favorite of the Fallout franchise. I really liked Fallout 3. I really liked Fallout 4. I just think that, you know, they're great games. I actually got Fallout 4 for my birthday when it came out. It came out like a week or two before my birthday. And my family gave it to me for my birthday. Typically, I don't get video games that close to the release date ever since I got burned by The Sims and the pre-release that I had on that game. But I made the exception because it was Fallout and I absolutely loved the series. And I wasn't disappointed in Fallout 4. I really enjoyed it. But then Fallout 76 came out and it's just been a disaster and controversy after disaster and controversy. A year later, it's amazing that they're still stirring up brand new controversies with this game. You would think that Bethesda would at some point just hang it up and say, okay, no more controversy. Let's just let the game run its course and see what happens. But no, they're not content to do that. So they have introduced a basically subscription service, which I think is absolutely garbage. They're calling it Fallout First, and with it, you get private worlds, a scrap box, which is unlimited storage for crafting components in your own new scrap box container, a survival tent, which is a Placeable fast travel point with stash, sleeping bag, and more for your basic needs. You get 1,650 atoms per month to use in the atomic shop. You get a ranger armor outfit, which is from Fallout New Vegas. I believe that's the one that they're referencing there. And then you also get unique icons and emotes available only to members. I don't even know what to say here. This is stupid. They're charging about $13 a month for this. And then if you want to pay for 12 months, it's going to cost you around 100 bucks. So they're essentially taking a game that everybody was pissed off about, that people did not like how the game was functioning. They did not like how the game was playing. They, did, they, they had nothing but complaints about the game. And they said, we know how we're going to make it better. We're going to charge you for this. And that's exactly what they're doing. And they have managed to piss off a whole lot of their core fan base. There are people out there now who are saying, you know, we need to boycott Bethesda. 
we need to let them know at E3 exactly how we feel. I'm of the opinion, if you don't like it, then just don't play it. Don't spend the money. And that will let Bethesda know exactly how you feel. But just for an idea of how this compares, for $99 a year, EA, who we all know is terrible in terms of video games and and customer service and everything else, nobody seems to like EA. But for $99 a year, EA will let you play basically any game in their library which is over 240 games, including new titles. For $99 a year, Bethesda is going to let you have a private server in one game. And you already have to own the game, which they initially sold for, I believe, 60 bucks. It was immediately, like within two weeks, cut in half on terms of the price. So, I mean, this is crazy. So whether or not Fallout 76 should even have a subscription feature is is really up for debate here. I think it's quite laughable, but you look at it, you know, you can get an Xbox Game Pass for $9.99 a month, which includes Fallout 3 and 4 and also New Vegas was recently added. I mean, this just does not seem to be good business on Bethesda's part. This this doesn't seem to be very smart. I don't know what they're thinking. But the thing that really has me concerned about this is this is the same company who is developing Elder Scrolls 6. I love the Elder Scrolls games. As much, if not more so, than I love the Fallout games. And if they're going to be treating the Elder Scrolls franchise the way they're treating the Fallout franchise, I want no part of Fallout 6. I will probably be waiting, or excuse me, Elder Scrolls 6. I will probably be waiting a, a long time before I jump on that Elder Scrolls 6 bandwagon just because I want to see what sorts of shenanigans Bethesda pulls here. I think that this is a company that is really just screwing over their their fan base. They have a dedicated fan base who will pretty much pay for what you know whatever's out there as long as it's good. But they're just abusing them. It's it's an abusive relationship is what this is. They're expecting us to just give them our money because of the fact that it says fallout on it. And I think there's thankfully a lot of fans out there who are realizing this is not a healthy relationship. We need to break away. And they're doing just that. They're going and playing, you know, the older games they're going and playing, uh, the outer worlds, I think is what it's called. And that was made by the company that did fallout new Vegas. And an interesting point about this is Bethesda is trying to capitalize on the nostalgia of New Vegas, which they didn't even develop as they try and sell this to the fans, which, you know, that's, they're just a, turning into a dirty, dirty company. And I, I don't like it. 
I, I don't like it at all, which is really unfortunate. I, I look at the way that the gaming industry has gone, and I think that we have the mobile gaming industry to blame for this, but the advent of loot boxes, the advent of microtransactions, that was all crap that you expect to get in Angry Birds or some other stupid game that you would play on your phone. I look at some of the microtransactions in some games, 100 bucks for a box of gems or whatever. And that's just insane. I don't know who it is that can afford that kind of nonsense. It's just, it, it's, it's extreme to me. And I honestly don't believe that it's sustainable. I get really frustrated anytime I start playing a new game because I, I should specify anytime I start playing a new game on my phone, I don't do a lot of mobile gaming anymore because of this fact, but I'll start playing a game and the game will be fine for a month or two. And then all of a sudden, a company like Gameloft or Scopely or whoever the publisher is will come in and start ratcheting things up so that it's all about the money and pay to win instead of you can pay if you want or you can play for free. And I don't think that's a sustainable business model as is evidenced by the fact that I keep giving these games up and I know I'm not the only one who does that. Unfortunately, you have the whales out there who will just dump money into whatever because they have the money to dump, I guess. I don't know. I wish I had that kind of money. That would be nice. That would be really nice. But tell me your thoughts on this. Send your feedback to feedback at stolendroids.com. I'm really curious on your thoughts with Fallout 76 going basically subscription-based. I don't think it would be as bad if it was subscription-based from the beginning. However, the fact that it wasn't is just, you know, and and they said, oh, well, we're not going to be subscription-based. Those two things right there, that's just, that's just dirty pool if you ask me. I, I think that that's just trash and they need to knock this crap off, but they're not going to because they're obviously still making money at it and you know, more power to them. But the sooner that we wise up to their antics, the sooner that these companies are going to stop. So send me your thoughts, feedback at stolendroids.com. Also, I want to know, you know, what your thoughts on cloak and dagger are. Have you seen that? And then did you see Joker? Let me know. I, I'm curious your thoughts there too. Go ahead and send those to me at feedbackofstolendroids.com. Hit me up on Twitter or Facebook or even Instagram. You can hit us up. Uh, just look for us at Stolen Droids. And go ahead and subscribe to Stolen Droids Podcast if you haven't done so already. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart. I mean, we're everywhere. So if there's one that you like better than the other, go find us there because we're probably there too. And if there's somewhere that you think we should be that we're not, let me know and I'll do what I can to get us there too. We'll be back soon with another episode. Uh, sorry for the weird release schedule that we've had the last couple of weeks. It's been a little bit odd, what with tornadoes and traveling and all. 
But we will be back with another episode soon. Uh, until then, though, be good to each other. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.